0: Well, as David said, today is Christ the King Sunday. And this is the last Sunday of the church year. Next Sunday, we begin a new year with Advent. Uh, but again, today is the last Sunday. And on this last Sunday, as uh, the name implies, we remember and we proclaim that Christ is King. And if you begin to think about why um, the church uh, makes us or, or calls us to do this on, on the last Sunday of the year to proclaim Christ as king, I think it's because ultimately this proclamation, this claim, is a culmination of, of the entire year. All the, the seasons that have gone before, all the holy days, they point to this ultimate claim and promise that Christ is king. I mean, this is the one, this king, is the one for whom we longed for during the season of Advent. This is the king whose birth we celebrated at Christmas. This is the king who was manifested to us on Epiphany. This is the king whose death and resurrection we remembered in Lent and Easter. This is the king who on Pentecost promised to us the gift of the Spirit so that we might go out and minister in his name. In a real sense, uh, today, is the culmination of the church year. And this this claim, this proclamation that Christ is King, uh, this uh, was one of the earliest and one of the most foundational confessions of the church. From the very beginning, the church proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. And so today we we proclaim this, that Christ is, is King. Now, in our readings that we heard, uh, what the readings are trying to do is they're trying to describe uh, this king that we have. And one of the themes that emerges is the description of Jesus as a shepherd, the idea that Jesus isn't just any type of king. No, instead, he is a shepherd king. We see this in our gospel passage For Jesus, as a shepherd, he separates the sheep from the goats. But this idea is really fleshed out in our Old Testament reading from Ezekiel. And this morning, I want to just spend a few minutes looking at that passage and seeing what it says about Jesus as a shepherd king. Now, of course, we know that Ezekiel uh, wrote this passage uh, long before Jesus, uh, about 600 years before Jesus. Uh, but what's interesting is that in Jesus's ministry and teaching, he claimed this passage for himself. He pointed back to it and said this passage from Ezekiel it points and talks about me. And he does this when he calls himself the good shepherd. Remember John 10, he says, "I am the good shepherd." And co- and commentators argue that Jesus Would have clearly been referring back to this text in Ezekiel. And that what he's saying is if you want to understand me, if you want to understand my kingship, well, look at this text from Ezekiel 34, where it describes the shepherd king. Three things I want us to see when we look at the passage, which we'll do in one second, Uh, and that is this shepherd king is described or marked by three things. Uh, First, this shepherd seeks. He gathers the sheep. Second thing to see is that this shepherd feeds the sheep. He takes takes care of the flock. And then the third thing the shepherd does is he judges. The shepherd king executes justice. So he seeks, he feeds, and he judges. So let's, let's look at the passage, uh, and I recommend that um, probably you want to look at your bulletin. I'm going to stick really closely to the text and, and read portions of it to us, uh, and we will begin just right at the top. And again, we're going to talk first about how this shepherd seeks, and notice how active the shepherd is. The shepherd is not passive. He's not waiting for the sheep to come to him. He goes out to seek the sheep, says this. Thus says the Lord God, or thus says Jesus the shepherd king, I myself will search for my sheep and I will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from their countries and will bring them into their own land. So we'll stop there. Now what is what is being described here is what you find summarized in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus has lunch with Zacchaeus and Jesus says that the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. Jesus is the one who seeks us out. He doesn't wait for us uh, to come to him. And, and a verse I love from Ezekiel is the one we read, I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered, scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. He searches for us, uh, especially in our dark places. And I'll say by extension, uh, We as a community that follow this shepherd, who seek to embody this shepherd, we are also called to seek the lost, to seek out those who are hurting and who are in hard places. So Christ, as the shepherd king, he seeks us. That's the first thing. All right, second thing that the shepherd king does is he feeds the sheep. He takes care of them. So let me just pick up uh, right from where I stopped. This is about halfway through verse 13. It says, I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I remember reading a book by a gentleman named Keller. Uh, he was a shepherd, and he wrote a book on, on Psalm 23. But in that book, he, he talks about this image of sheep lying down. And he says, This is a, is a beautiful description, because he says, When sheep are lying down, what it says to you are that the sheep are satisfied. if, If all the sheep are lying down, that means they're not afraid of any wild animals. There's no fighting among the flock. They're not looking for food. No, he says they're lying down is such a good sign because it's an indication that the shepherd has taken care of the sheep. And the promise is that Jesus as shepherd, as the shepherd king, takes care of us. And again, if the church is to embody the heart of Jesus, the church not only will seek, but the church will also feed. We will take care of one another. Third thing to see, third marker of the shepherd king. Uh, And this is where we encounter in Ezekiel this business of judging. We also encounter the idea of judgment uh, in the gospel reading as well today. But... I know there's part of us, as we approach or encounter judging, we think, do we really have to go in that direction? the, The seeking part, we like. The feeding, we're on board with that. But when we get to judging, there's a part of us that says, do we really need to go in that direction? But the truth is we do because the passage from Ezekiel takes us there. Uh, and I'm not going to read the, the entire rest of the passage. I'll say from where I stopped, there's more discussion about how the shepherd cares for the sheep. But then there's a, there's a lengthy part of the passage that, that talks about how the sheep treat one another, and especially how the fat and, and the strong sheep take advantage of the weak. Uh, our lectionary reading cuts out three verses, 17 through 19, uh, that discusses this. But we pick it up. Uh, near the end of our reading, uh, verse 20. I'll read this to you. But again, it's this third description of the shepherd as judge. It's an interesting passage. It says this, Therefore thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns, until you scatter them far and wide, I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. So the shepherd here, he judges between sheep and sheep based on how the sheep treat one another. Pretty similar to our gospel reading as well. And again, I know there's a part of us... um, that would like to avoid being judged. I understand that. I feel that. But at a deeper level, uh, there is something marvelous in the fact that there's a judgment. I mean, there's a reason why in the scriptures and in in the church, the day of judgment is seen as a day of rejoicing, a day of, of the clapping of the hands. Now, why is judgment seen so positively in the scriptures? Well, I think it's because it indicates that the creation for God is not something of indifference, but instead creation is something about which he is passionately concerned. And that's good news. It is good news that God cares about his creation and cares about what happens in His creation? It's a, it's a good thing that God will not to, that will not tolerate injustice or violence or bullying or debauchery or absolute self-centeredness, because that's not what His creation is about. Uh, an illustration that, that hopefully helps here. Uh, imagine that you're a child. Uh, in a classroom, so a bunch of other children, and the teacher stands up and and gives you an assignment. So you start working on your assignment right away at your desk, Uh, and after a few minutes you see that some other children have finished. And the first child you watch, who has finished, they walk up to the teacher, Uh, she hands in her piece of paper, and the teacher takes the piece of paper and without even looking at it, crumples it up, throws it in the wastebasket. Second child gets up, walks to the teacher, hands in his paper, same thing. Teacher doesn't even look at it, crumples it up, throws it in the wastebasket. Now, after you've seen that a couple times, don't you start to think, what's the point? I guess she doesn't really care about my penmanship. Now, you see, you want a teacher who cares, who judges and says, well done, you've been making improvements. You want a teacher who cares about you and cares about your work. You see, we live in a universe where we have a king who cares about how we do things. I mean, I know at one level, a lot of people think that they can live however hellish they want and they won't be held accountable, but it's not so. They will be held accountable. You will be held accountable. I will be held accountable because Christ is king. And as king, he seeks those who are lost, those who are hurting. He feeds them, but he also judges and protects us through that judgment. Now, one last thing I think we have to say today is we need to recognize that our confession that Christ is king He's this, this shepherd king. We need to recognize that this is a deeply countercultural statement. That what we're doing here today, it goes against the grain. And that's because at the center of our culture, the culture that we live in, is the assertion that we are autonomous. That the ego is sovereign. We're told in hundreds of different ways that our dignity, it resides in the fact that that we have the right to choose, that we are to live unencumbered lives. And of course, we're told that we we can't hurt anybody. But other than that, we're told we are Lord. We are free agents. We are consumers, and the world is our oyster. Society tells us that we don't need a king because we are Lord of our own lives. But you see what what makes us different as Christians is that we believe that our dignity as believers. It doesn't come from the fact that we're free agents, but rather it comes from the fact that we belong to the shepherd. We are his sheep. And that means what you do with your life the values you live by, how you spend your money, these things, they matter. And and I think celebrating this day, Christ the King, it helps to protect us from seeing Jesus as some sort of divine butler who we go to when we need something or when things are bad. No, He is our King, and we follow Him. And we follow him because we know that without this shepherd, we are like lost and scattered sheep. I mean, who else are we going to follow? We did not make ourselves. We cannot redeem ourselves. And we know that our hearts are restless until they rest in him. And so today, we proclaim and celebrate Christ's as king, we live surrender to this one. We seek to follow him. And we pray that his spirit may equip us to live obedient lives. Amen.